With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So a week away from the start of the BBL. It's the Thunder and the Stars opening up at Monica Oval. And the head of the BBL and WBBL, Alistair Dobson, has been good enough to join us this morning. Morning, Alistair. Morning, Julian. Great to chat. Uh, exciting time. And you've certainly made it clear that uh, how important this season is uh, for the BBL. It's been a tough couple of years for a whole variety of reasons, including COVID. But this is a this is a vital one to get right, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really important season, as you say, coming off a couple of tough years. But but equally, you know, we've, we've wanted to rebound really, really well and really strongly this year with, with big crowds, hopefully back in the stadiums and, and lots of great players playing in each of the teams. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crucial. What makes a successful BBL season in your mind? Yeah, obviously there's a number of factors. I mean, for, from our perspective, lots of kids and families in the crowd is, is always a big part of, of, the, of what the BBL is all about. So that'll be that'll be the first thing. Obviously, we look closely at, at TV numbers and audiences, but you know, this year it's um, it's about everyone having fun and a successful season um, on and off the field. So they're they're the key things we look at. But but ultimately, it's um, it's crowds and and particularly kids and families having fun. How confident are you with crowd numbers? We've seen you know some of the crowds for the the start of the summer of cricket have been a little bit thin. How confident are you that they'll come back to the BBL in in really strong numbers? Yeah, we're really optimistic. Our tickets are selling pretty well at the moment with a, with a week to go and a number of big games early in the season. I think we've we've uh, seen a lot of cricket already in Australia this summer, and you know, over over a million people have attended games of cricket already. So there's been um, you know such a volume of cricket for people to watch, and we think the BBL is really pl- well placed off the back of the success of the T20 World Cup. People have got T20 cricket um, you know, on their mind and seen some of the best players who are coming out again to play in the BBL. So um, we, we, we're confident, obviously working really close with all our clubs in each of the markets to help them uh, you know, understand their market, drive ticket sales and obviously put on a good show. I was going to ask you about that. It seems like the clubs are trying to be pretty innovative. They're trying to make it really family friendly, all these sort of fan zones that are you know, trying to attract the kids. How closely have you been working with the clubs to make sure that you know, attendance is maximised? And, and then for the people that do attend it is the best possible experience, so they'll they'll want to go back again. Yeah, it's in the DNA of, of the BBL to be a, an amazing family experience. I think over the past 10 or 11 years, it's really set the tone for, for sport in Australia, if not around the world, in terms of the experience you get and combining you know elite sport with, with great family entertainment. So it's always been a big part of the competition. We've worked really closely, obviously coming off a couple of seasons where that's been incredibly difficult. Our clubs set them set themselves uh, a big task early to, to put on a good show this year. We work really closely with them on a lot of their big events and, and helping give uh, suggestions and input and support wherever required, but they're doing a great job. It's a long pre-season uh, in BBL. Have you seen the build-up? There's been a bit going on. You had the, the first draft, a lot of the big names that got looked over in that draft, and now they're back for, for sort of various reasons. When we look at, you know, Andre Russell and, and Faf Duplessis, you've had Glenn Maxwell, one of the stars of the show, break his leg in, in very unusual circumstances. Mitch Marsh, unfortunately, is out through injury. So there's been a bit going on around the stars of the competition. 
Yeah, it is an incredibly long pre-season, probably the longest in Australian <laughs> sport between competitions. Obviously, we've had we've just finished a really successful WBBL season as well, which um, you know continues to go to go from strength to strength. But from a BBL perspective, a big part of our strategy and, and, and objective is to create interest and content, I guess, right throughout the year, given it is such a short season. So, you know, the draft played a big role in that as well as, as, well as you know, a number of other initiatives we've run, uh, you know, in the lead up to the season. The players are always a big part of that storyline each year. And, and this year with the draft, you know, got the, got the big players in. We've had a few more signers, replacement players, which, which was always inevitable, um, you know, in the lead up to the season. So some really good stories of some great names coming. Obviously, incredibly, you know, disappointed on, on a couple of players that aren't able to play because they're, uh, they're big names of the competition. But we know the Stars and, and the Scorchers are chock full of talent and, and, and still really confident of, of putting on a good, a good show this season. So yeah, that's the ups and downs of the, in the lead up to a season where you have, you have some highs and lows and it's all part of the storyline that, that, that makes the BBL such a, um, you know, an interesting and, uh, you know, popular competition. It's Peter Alistair Dobson, head of the BBL and the WBBL season, gets underway in a week's time. It's the Thunder and the Stars opening the competition in Canberra at uh, Monica Oval. Have you had a bit of a review of that first draft and what did you make of it? Do you think some changes will be needed going forward? How did you sort of review the, the first inauguration of a draft in the BBL? Yeah, we spent a lot of time reviewing with our clubs and, and a lot of players and agents just to get a sense of how it worked. Overall, we thought it was incredibly successful with with the, the, the event itself, um, the way we were able to engage with players in the lead-up. We've built great relationships with, with agents and players around the world. And ultimately, you know, the best sort of 24 players on the night were, were drafted to, to the teams. It was a, an incredible kind of collection of cricket brain power in the room who who were, you know had players you know, on a like-for-like basis in front of them and chose the players that best to their team, so um, and obviously since then, you know, a few players that perhaps overlooked in the in the draft have, have still found their way onto a BBL list, which which we always knew was part of the part of the plan. So you know, big tick on on just about every front from a draft perspective. We think there's a few uh, a few things we can we can tinker with for next year, whether it's the way we establish the selection order or the way we we allocate platinum status um, and, and some of those things. But overall, a great success, and I think it sets us up well for the future. Season length and, and the timing of the season is always hotly debated. So finals this year, 27th to the 29th of January, then the Challenger and the final uh, February 2 through to February 4. So most of the season is in the school holidays, which you must be pretty pleased about. Yeah, that's, a, that's when we set out at the start of the year to create a schedule, finishing the season within the school holidays is almost number one on our list. And we sort of work backwards from there, depending on, on the the nature of the, the international schedule within the summer, the test series and the dates of that of those games. So, um, yeah, I think it's shaping up as a, as a great schedule. Obviously, um, kicking off on, on next next Tuesday night in Canberra with the Stars and the Thunder, right through to you know big final day of competition in in late January. So, you know, the, I think the the BBL is really that backdrop of summer for so many families around Australia, and you know, the school holidays are such a such a prime opportunity for us for for kids and families and, and everyone who loves the game to come, come to a BBL match. We're in 14 different venues around the country, so there's so much opportunity for, for people to come and look. And, um, you know, I think the, the season's shaping up really well. From a pure cricketing point of view, and I guess the – integrity is probably not the right word, but for the, from the pure sporting contest, how, how important is the introduction of DRS this summer? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really important step for us. Obviously, it's been on the cards for two or three years, and – 
more more logistical challenges in the last couple than anything else, given the amount of technology that that has to come in uh, generally from from outside Australia. So uh, it's a big step, not only from an officiating point of view, but I think it creates interest within the game. Now, players have been really enthusiastic about it. We saw it in in most WBBL games and and used pretty well. Um, you know, our match officials are really excited about it. it just gives them that little bit of extra support. So uh, overall. Um, it's a great, it's a great introduction this season, um, and and we're we're proud and and grateful to be able to get there. So power surge remains. Uh, Bash boost and X factor sub are gone. Uh, it's you sort of time restrictions. Got to start your last over after seventy nine minutes uh, of the innings. You're confident all those things are going to work out. And was it an easy decision to get rid of the bash boost and the X factor sub? Yeah, we, we had them in for a couple of years and I think we, we looked at them really closely. We brought them in based on a whole range of data and, and, and strategy behind it. They weren't necessarily bad for the competition by any means. They just perhaps didn't have the, the positive impact that we hoped. So after you know a couple of years and lots of consultation with players and coaches and others, that um, it was a relatively straightforward decision, as was keeping the power surge, which I think universally has been acknowledged as a, as a great introduction to the competition. We brought it into the... WBBL this season again with with great effect. So those changes have been important this season, and I think we'll continue to focus a fair bit of our effort on keeping the matches short as possible in the context of that family proposition. Uh, you know, not games not going on uh, for too long, which I think is becoming has become an issue across world cricket mm. in terms of over rates and the length of games. So there's a couple of innovations this year or introductions. With the, the incoming batter clock will remain as will. Uh, the, the new innings timer, which has been used pretty successfully in a couple of other competitions, whereby you have to have started your final over within within a certain period of time. Um, otherwise, you have another fielder having to come in. So all those things are designed to keep the game moving uh, and make sure it's as family-friendly as possible. Just before I let you go, Alistair, you got a tip for us? Uh, Perth's been such a strong club. They did start as uh, defending champions. Uh, I'm sure you've looked at all the lists. Uh, who do you think shaping up as a really couple of strong teams this season? Yeah, I think it's uh, every year it's really close. The Scorchers and the Sixers are always hard to go past, given the history. I think the Renegades have, have recruited pretty well, and I think are due for for a climb back up the ladder. But but I think if you look really closely at the list, the Hobart Hurricanes are, are incredibly strong. Obviously, with Ricky Ponting now at the helm, and and Tim David on on that list, and and, and a number of well known players that that play great T Twenty cricket. I think um, the Hurricanes are going to be hard to beat, but I reckon the Renegades could be a smoky. That's an exciting time, Alistair, and I'm, I think for you, you'd be relieved that the longest pre-season, don't worry about Australian sport, this will be the longest pre-season in world <laughs> sport, uh, is just about over. We can't wait for it to all get underway next Tuesday night when the Thunder and the Stars go head-to-head in Canberra at Monica, uh, Monica Oval. Thanks for your time this morning. No problem, any time.